Good morning, ladies and gents. This is your man, El Jamal, coming through with another edition of Never Out of Bounce. Uh, we are just getting past hump day, and uh, we will be transitioning into the weekend. Well, a lot of us anyways. Some of us have to work during the weekend, so it's never really a weekend. But nevertheless, let's get right into it. We got quite a bit to talk about today. Uh, so, well, not, not a whole lot, but let's get right into it anyways with the world on the street. And for those of you who may not know, it's quite cold outside baby it's still cold outside especially if you live in the northeast and the midwest now in the midwest wind chills will drop uh, to 60 well wind chills have dropped to negative 60 degrees and then also negative 55 degrees in the mississippi valley uh temps will also drop between uh 10 and 20 degrees lower than the than the the uh, than the yearly average. Uh, this, these are also the coldest temperatures since the 1990s. So this is a really um, sudden cold. This is a really sudden cold turn uh, that this area, these areas weren't uh, expecting. Again, like I said, they haven't experienced these uh, temperatures this, since the mid 90s. This is being described as a polar vortex. Uh, sounds crazy. Sounds spooky if you ask me uh wind chills uh less than 40 uh less than 40 degrees this is why it's scary because wind chills less than 40 degrees fahrenheit will cause instant frostbite well at least frostbite in a in a matter of minutes uh, and this is according to a warning from the national weather service center now uh a couple nights ago that would be uh tuesday i believe Tuesday was the coldest night on record in Chicago in 30 years, negative 27 degrees uh, with a negative 55 degree uh, Fahrenheit wind chill. Not the type of um, not the type of circumstances in which I would go out and go get a sandwich at 2 a.m. in the morning. But that's just me. That's just me. But uh, anyways. Uh, schools and universities all throughout these areas, like I said, uh, areas like Boston were affected as well. I know uh, one of my uh, buddies came in and told me uh, that uh, I believe that one of their one of his family's flights were canceled coming back out here because of that cold. Also, a thousand one thousand nine hundred eighty six flights uh, were either uh, held up or canceled in total. Uh, a lot of these, most of these flights actually. 1400 of them uh, being canceled in Chicago alone so it definitely had a lot of uh, effect on, on you know the environment what's going on right now and uh, I would say who is ever out there stay warm uh, I do know there are resources for the homeless especially in cities like Chicago uh, but those cities in particular uh, especially along the Great Lakes like Chicago uh, were were greatly affected also even in washington dc along the eastern shoreboard uh we were talking about temperatures of nine degrees they just don't have the wind chills that uh, a lot of these other places are getting but it cold temperatures nonetheless uh stay inside if you can um stay warm because uh definitely they said frostbite could set in a minute so that's crazy so any east coast people listening to me stay inside but y'all already know the deal who am i talking to y'all know I'm I'm tripping. I'm California kid. At least at least I don't think 55 degrees is cold like everybody else out here. So, but this is a, we are living in 
some blessed weather. I will say that. Uh, but I'm going to move on. Uh, and I wanted to talk more about the uh, shutdown and what's going on in terms of these talks uh, in Washington. Actually, today I want to focus more on some more of the effects of this shutdown, some of the, the effects we might not talk about right away. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it. Uh, first and foremost, uh, the lapse in funding has prevented, prevented progress on uh, projects that would be normally that would normally occur this time of year. Uh, this is a affecting partners, business partners, uh, tribes, uh, also uh, local com communities and businesses. Uh, funding for maintenance and policing, especially for these national parks, is being neg negatively affected as well. Uh, plant, li plant life has been destroyed, uh, such as uh, various different shrubs uh, throughout the Colorado uh, protected wilderness area, as well as I believe the Joshua National, I'm sorry, uh, the Joshua Tree National Park uh, out there, I believe, in Southern California as well. A lot of plant life is being destroyed. Uh, there wasn't enough security to maintain the area, so people are driving all off-road, uh, disturbing all type, you know, various areas of these ecosystems. Uh, also, heritage sites have been destroyed, or I would say, not necessarily destroyed, uh, but defaced uh, as well, such as uh, fossil and cave paintings in Colorado and in Utah. Uh, sea turtles and manatees have also been injured by motorboating uh, accidents and their inherents are being uh, hunted. And this is all going down and all that is going down in the Florida Ever Everglades. So this is the result of the government being shut down for 35 days. Uh, wildlife is at is at risk. Uh, ecosystems are at risk. This is what happens. It's not just, a, you know, there's a whole lot of different factors of course uh government you know officials not getting paid yeah trump looks like a dummy and we argue about that but in the bigger picture this is what's going on i will keep continuing because i think we we uh we need to get it we need to understand this uh also um this is also affecting aquatic life uh, through rules, uh, through a, basically a rules update. And this rule update would uh, basically, uh, well, without this rule update, some areas would be overfished, simple as that. And other uh, fishermen in certain areas would just be faced with so many restrictions based on size and weight that they would not be able to yield profitable catches. So, uh, again, this this is a this is a, a huge issue as well another issue here is oh also with the with the uh forest fire management uh during this time of the year uh this being the wettest and the coldest time of the year, we, well, especially in the state of California, uh, we will do controlled burns in order to, you know, kill off unnecessary vegetation in order, you know, to prevent forest fires. Uh, something that Trump, this is so funny, Trump wanted us to do more of. Well, well guess what we couldn't do during the shutdown, guys? Think about it. We haven't been able to do any scheduled safety burns so guess what and guess what we won't be able to do any before fire season starts you want to hear a quote i just want you to hear this quote guys uh, and this is coming from uh, a man by the name of nick goulet and he's the executive director of the watershed center in northern california quotes are important just as facts guys i'm gonna i'm gonna show you why the those those controlled burns are also the very thing President Trump criticized California for not doing enough of. Now, on Trump's own administration has put those burns, now Trump's uh, Trump's own administration has put those burns on 
on hold and I'm uh, and time is running out. You can't discount the irony. Done. This guy's a joke. So when we have more, and you guess what they and that's what they just did. They just bailed out PG and E. So do you think they give a fuck about us? No. No. It's also affecting. Um, Actually, the Weather Center in another way, too. Uh, they also do uh, training programs this time of the year in order to, well, with local agencies in order to spread awareness and knowledge on how to handle uh, large tropical, tropical storms or, um, I'm sorry, and, and or hurricanes. I have another quote here. This is from Roy Wright. This is the head of insurance and mitigate. Oh, I'm sorry. This is before we get there. I'm sorry. Ooh, this is far ahead of that. Uh, but in, in terms of the uh, hurricane center, uh, those training programs need to be done before hurricane season starts in July or June. Rather, these training programs will not be held because they don't have the funding. They don't have enough money to do so. Think about that. People won't be well. You know, people won't have up, updated knowledge or understand how to navigate natural disasters. And, of course, uh, this is also affecting employment, uh, of course, for the for the government. It will uh, subsequently in the future. And as of now, uh, the shutdown will also uh, make it harder for the government to keep their employees and to also attract new ones. Of course, because who wants to work for a place that's going to shut down every now and again because somebody gets mad and can't have their way? Uh, now, uh, for one, the number of people who retired uh, after the 2000. 13 shutdown increased significantly uh, this trend is going to likely happen again and uh, I have another quote here that, uh, this is coming from Roy Wright this is the former head of insurance and mitigation at the US uh, emergency uh, management agency now he went on to say one of the one of the really sour pills from this will be that long uh, will be that long-term loss of a workforce that is not interested in the public service there you go because nobody wants to deal with the bullshit. And they'd rather leave early than sit there and have to go through another shutdown. Just saying. Uh, also, uh, many contractors will be looking to, uh, for, you know, jobs in different uh, private, well, in the different jobs uh, in the private sector, uh, no longer want to be employed by the government. So there you go there. They're going to lose a lot of uh, contractor work. Because, again, who wants to deal with that? And finally, the science uh, the science foundation had to close for a week, and weren't able to provide grant funding. These are the issues that we are facing when we just decide to shut down the government. People, a lot more, and these are not the surface ones that you keep hearing on the news and on Facebook memes and blah blah blah. This is real stuff, and ain't no telling what is in store next if you decide to shut it down again. Um, but anyways, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to you know, get into some sports. I'm going to go over some college basketball. I'm going to go over this week's top 25. It's definitely up updated since then um, and since the last time we talked. Also, I'm going to go over last night's scores as well. I'm probably actually going to start off with last night's scores and then head into the rankings. And um, 
I'm gonna talk a little bit about Bryce Harper for a little bit, just just to just to cross over that. Uh, we're also gonna talk some Laker trade mover, or rumors, excuse me. Uh, but again, just a quick little minute there. No no real updates there. Believe me, I you know I looked. I've been checking. Uh, some more updates at least for the Lakers trade rumors. Not so much for Bryce Harper. Uh, but again, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that, and then uh, I'll wrap everything up uh, by going over last night's uh, NBA scores, and then we're also gonna go over the standings there. All right, y'all. I'll be right back. All right, y'all. I am back. Like I said, I was gonna go over some college hoops action from last night. I'm uh, gonna go over this top, some top twenty-five scores here, and uh, starting off with number ten, uh, Marquette getting it done uh, against Butler, seventy-six to fifty-eight is the final score there. Next up, we got number fourteen, Villanova getting it done against DePaul, eighty-six to seventy-four. Uh, next up, we got an ACC showdown, uh, Virginia Tech, number twelve in the nation, got it done, uh, eighty-two to seventy, the final score against their rival Miami uh, let's go over those uh, those stats here uh, for, for Virginia Tech they were led by all three of their guards uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker had 25 points five assists and also four rebounds Ahmed Hill had 19 points and five rebounds and Justin Robinson 17 points three assists and uh, two rebounds there I like the way that they played they distributed the ball well uh, against uh, well amongst each other uh, especially the guards uh, again Ahmed Hill uh, got 19 points and five rebounds which is solid uh, and Alexander Walker uh, 25 points looked to be shooting really well all over the place again I like I like a I like a well it's not necessarily a full stat sheet but uh, they do uh, get stats in in three major uh, in three major categories so that is definitely good uh, they definitely were effective uh, again a solid win for them uh, for Miami they were led by their two guards as well just not enough uh, not enough balance for them. Uh, Chris Leaks, uh, Chris Likes, excuse me, had 19 points, four assists, and also uh, Anthony Lawrence Jr. had 15 points, nine rebounds, and two assists. Uh, Virginia Tech stands at 17 and three at the moment, and Miami is now 9-11. Uh, Moving on, we got West Virginia losing to uh, number 20 Iowa State, big time. The final score there is 68 to 93 uh, for West Virginia. Uh, not a lot of scoring for them. Uh, but their leading scorer was for Lamont West. He had 24 points and five rebounds. Also, they had some help from their other forward, Issa Ahmad. He had 11 points, five rebounds, and also three assists. As for Iowa State, they were led by all three of their guards. Uh, you got Lindell Wigginton, 28 points and two rebounds just off the bench. Marielle Shayok, their, their leading scorer, had 18 points right within his average. 18 points, five rebounds, and two assists. And also Nick uh, Weiler uh, Nick Weiler Webb, excuse me, had 20, I'm sorry, 14.6 rebounds and also three assists. Uh, moving on, we also got Louisville, number 15 in the nation, getting it done against Wake Forest, 82 to 54. And finally, we got number 19, LSU, the first, well, First place in the SEC, getting it done against Texas A&M, 72-57. Uh, let's go over the final score there for LSU. Uh, well, let's go over the stats here. For LSU, they were led by guard Tremont Waters. He had 36 points and 7 rebounds. And also, for Darius Days, had 9 points and 8 rebounds just off the bench. And also, for Texas A&M, they were led by guard TJ Starks, 21 points, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists. And also, their forward Josh Nebo had 16 points and 11 rebounds all coming off the bench mm, excuse me so moving on let's get to this top 25 
And starting it off, we got Florida State. They are currently 15 and 5. At 24, we have Wisconsin. They are 15 and 6 out there in the Big Ten. And 23, we have NC State. They have dropped a little bit in the past couple of weeks. They are now at 23 at 16 and 5. At 22, we have Mississippi State. They've stayed pretty consistent uh, within that 21 to 22 range. Uh, currently, they're at 22, 15 and 5 so far as their record. At 21, we have Maryland at 17 and 5. 20 we have Iowa State we just finished talking about them they do have three wins with teams currently in the top 25 and now of course like I talked uh, like I said before they are led by their senior guard Marielle Shayat out of Canada 19.7 uh, he averages 19.7 points five rebounds and also two assists moving on we have LSU 17 and 3 overall and they are currently first in the SEC they're playing some good basketball that offense's rating is good I've talked about them before at 18, we have Buffalo. They are currently 19-2. They're not getting no love because their strength of schedule is is leaving much to be desired. That's all I'm going to say about them. At 17, we have Purdue. They are currently at 4 and I'm sorry, 14 and 6. They are 10 and 0 at home, but they are 2 and 4 in away. That might come back and bite them later on this season. Their last win was 73 to 65 and that was versus number 6 Michigan. So, but they did get that big win against uh Michigan. Uh Michigan State, excuse me. And I already talked about Luka Garza uh averages about 20 points a game at least the last couple of weeks, uh, at least last couple of games and uh, it's been looking really solid out there rebounding and scoring as well uh, they currently won five in a row and they are third in the big 10 and seven with a seven and two conference record moving on to number 16 we got texas tech they currently stand at 17 and four louisville is 16 and five at number 15 at number 14 uh we talked about villanova getting it done against last uh getting it done last night against the paul uh but they are currently 17 and four at number 13 we have houston uh they are currently at 20 and one again a team they they have a pretty solid record but again their strength of schedule they haven't really played anybody in a they play in a very easy conference uh, according to you know metrics and all the stats and what it ha what have you and again they're gonna get some some poor marks for that so uh if they keep winning they'll rise but they'll rise very slowly and if they lose they're gonna drop significantly so just just be aware of that for my houston fans at 12 uh we have virginia tech they are 17 and 3 and number 11 we have kansas they are 16 and 5 but they have lost two in a row they do not look that great at the moment uh they are 12 and home, 12 and 0 at home but one and five on the road that is not a sign of a really good jayhawk team Definitely not. Then they're currently fourth in the Big 12, five and three, uh, with with a five and three conference record. I'm not too sure what's going on there. Uh, no real significant injuries that I know about. I'll have to check in on that. Uh, just. They are playing in the competitive conference. Iowa State is pretty solid. I think Iowa State does have an upset win against them. Yes, I'm not mistaken. Uh, so they're, they're just in a good conference right now. And overall, college basketball is good. They played some out-of-conference uh, games with some great out-of-conference opponents. So it, it's going to show up in your final. I mean, they definitely have a tough uh, strength of schedule. If they're able to win out, uh, not necessarily from this point, they'll probably drop another just because I think that that uh that conference is pretty deep but if they're able to win at least win a conference title uh they should have some decent seeding going into the into the into the tournament so i'm well 
if they're able to make it. Uh, but moving on, at number 10, we have Marquette. They are currently at 18-3. At 9, we have North Carolina coming in at 16-4. and four. At number 8, we got Nevada at 20-1 and one coming out of the Western, uh, the WAC Conference, the Western Athletic Conference of Mountain. No, 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 excuse me, Mountain West. At number 7, we have uh, Kentucky currently at 17-3. and three. A lot of these teams in the top 25 have some significant win streaks. I'm looking to see when that's going to start elevating certain teams. Uh, so far, in my opinion, it doesn't look like it really has. Uh, it took a while for Tennessee, even Tennessee, the number one. So we'll get to them in a second. Uh, but it took them a while to kind of extend to the number one spot. Uh, but anyways, let's move on. Uh, we got number six, Michigan State, coming in at 18-3. and three. They just suffered that loss last week and last Sunday to be exact against those Purdue Boilermakers. So uh, they dropped just a little bit. Uh, they're right behind number five, Michigan, of course, their big brother, 20-1. and one. Uh, They dropped significantly after that uh, loss. I believe it was to Wisconsin. Uh, but they still look to be a, a balanced bass. Well, they play great defense. They just don't score a lot of points. So that's their that's their thing. Uh, number four, we have Gonzaga. They're currently 19-2. They've won 10 in a row. And Rui Achimura is still the story there. Averages 19.9 points a game, basically 20, uh, 6.2 rebounds, and also two assists. They're blowing teams out. Uh, again, they have one of the longer uh, winning streaks so far. Uh, next up, we have Duke at uh, excuse me, we have Duke at 19 and 1. Uh, we also have number two, I'm sorry, at number three, we have Virginia at 19 and 1. And number two, we have Duke at 18 and 2. And finally, round it all out, we have Tennessee at number one. Uh, they've won 15 in a row. This is currently the longest streak uh, in, 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 um, I'm sorry, in college basketball at the moment. Uh, again, like I said, it took them a minute to rise to the to the top spot. Duke had to basically lose a game for them to win, uh, for them to get that. Uh, so uh, Tennessee has been working their asses off so far. Like I said, undefeated at home, a uh, pretty good away record. Their last win was 92-70 to 70 against South Carolina. And like I said, this is their 15th, that was their 15th in a row. So if they're able to keep winning, I'm pretty well. I, in my opinion, they look like, they look like a favorite to me to win that the, the SEC. But uh, we'll see how it plays out. But I'm looking for them to win that conference. But I'm gonna take a quick break, y'all. And like I said, I'm gonna talk a little bit about Bryce Harper and also some Laker trade rumors just for a couple of minutes, and then we're gonna wrap everything up with some NBA action. Uh, but I will be right back, y'all. All right now. All right, y'all. So I am back. And like I said, I was going to talk some Bryce Harper just for a little bit, just to touch up on it. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about where he's going next uh, as far as uh, which team he's playing for. There is an outside chance uh, there of the Yankees signing him. Uh, but everybody seems to say that the Phillies are on lock. I'm not too sure. Um, I feel like if they really wanted Bryce Harper with the amount of money that, you know, that's being speculated to be given to him and or Manny Machado. Uh, they could have spent that money and invested that uh, that money into other all-star players that might not be uh, as expensive as him, but they could have definitely been building up a, a while uh, before now. Um, you know, it's a little bit stale right now in terms of their market. I'm not too sure uh, what that's about, uh, if it's really, you know, a matter of a price do teams really want to give them the 300 or 400 million uh it's it's really strange to me because i feel uh i i honestly feel that if mookie Betts, hypothetically speaking uh would be a, a free agent today 
uh, he he garnered a lot more attention than both these guys. Uh, as far as you know, who's better or who's worth more between Manny and uh, Manny Machado and Bryce Harper? To me, I, I personally think yes. Uh, Bryce does have that MVP in 2015, but at least the past couple years, they haven't really been able to distinguish themselves, in my opinion. Uh, and they definitely some top 10 players in the league, but uh, you've, you've got Mike Trout still around. you still got, uh, like I said, Mookie Betts. I just brought him up, Nolan El Renato, uh, all these different guys out here. So, again, I'm trying to figure out, you know, really what the issue is why nobody is 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 rushing to sign the either one of these guys uh that's the biggest issue uh and so far i mean there's nothing really to report on except for the the Phillies have seemed to become the forerunner of the of the of the Bryce Harper sweepstakes. But again, this is all speculation. Uh, we 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 heard the same with Manny Machado. There was basically a well, they said to the point to the effect that there's already a contract out for uh, Manny Machado by the White Sox that turned out to not uh, be true. So uh, we will see. Uh, there is a possibility that this does stretch into March, uh, which is about the time of spring training, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mistaken. So. Uh, it still hasn't figured itself out. Again, uh, this is this is one of the weirdest uh, situations I've ever seen. I've never seen a period uh, where two All Stars go this long uh, without being signed to a team. So uh, this is this is this is weird for me. Uh, but moving on, uh, let's talk some Laker trade talks real quick. Uh, now I did talk yesterday about everybody being available from Brandon Ingram, Lonzo, so on and so forth. Uh, now it's looking like the, the Pelicans are not interested in trading uh, with Anthony Davis or, you know, trading with anybody for uh, for him. Uh, looks like they want to take their ball, proverbial ball, and go home. Uh, this changes I would say this changes something some things up, but it kind of makes sense though because I did hear the name Nikolai Vucevic uh, come up uh, recently, uh, most notably by Chris Broussard over there on Colin Cowherd about a week ago almost, and now I see why because of the Pelicans taking away that uh, well taking away the opportunity to trade for Anthony Davis right now, so they're looking to upgrade the big man position. And if it wasn't going to be Anthony Davis, it was going to be somebody of some notable caliber. And Vucevic seems to be that guy. He's a 20-point guy, uh, 11 uh, double-digit rebound guy, so very solid in the paint. Uh, he does have some range, uh, but again, he he would help the he would help the Lakers uh, if if they weren't able to get Anthony Davis. Uh, but it does look like the Anthony Davis thing. It might not happen via trade, uh, but it probably will happen via the offseason now, uh, free, free agency, because Anthony Davis has decided that he does not want to sign his extension with New Orleans. So uh, he's looking uh, to move on in the next season. So if they don't trade for him, uh, they're going to lose him for nothing. And I think they kind of play themselves with that. And I think that's a little bit unfortunate because, uh, again, they have some talent there. Uh, they have an opportunity to be good, but I think they still need a all-star caliber player. And they probably needed to bring bring in somebody else uh, along with that. Losing to Marcus Cousins definitely uh, did them no favors. Uh, but, again, it looks like the Pelicans, they're not really trying to trade for Anthony Davis. But with that being said, Anthony Davis ain't really trying to stay in New Orleans. <laughs> so moving on, uh, we're going to get the last night's scores real quick. Uh, we're going to start off here uh, with the Hornets. Uh, they took a big loss to the Celtics last night. 94-126 to is the final score there. Uh, let's go through these stats real quick. Uh, 
The Hornets were led by their two guards. Kimba Walker had 21 points. Uh, Monique Monk also had 16 points and two assists coming off the bench. For the Celtics, Jalen Brown had 24 points, leaving all scores. 24 points, 10 rebounds, also two assists. Uh, Ford, Jason Tatum had two, 20 points and five, uh, five rebounds. And uh, Terry Rozier had 17 points, 10 assists, and also five rebounds. For the Celtics, they move on to 32 and 19. The Hornets are now at 24 and 26. Uh, we move on uh, we got the Bulls beating the Heat 105 to 89 uh, the Mavericks got it done against the Knicks 114 to 90 is the final score there we also got the Nuggets getting it done against the Pelicans 105 to 99 we're gonna break this one down real quick uh, for the Nuggets they were led by Nikolai Jokic 20 points 13 rebounds 10 assists pretty solid triple double there uh, guard Monty Morris also helped out with 20 points 7 assists and 7 rebounds and Malik Beasley uh, uh, they are the guard at 20 points and two rebounds off the bench. Uh, for the Pelicans, they were helped out by Drew Holiday, 22 points, six assists, six rebounds, and also forward Kenrick Williams had 21 points, eight rebounds, and also three assists. Moving on, we got the Pacers losing to the Wizards, 89. 106, excuse me. The Grizzlies uh, lose to the Timberwolves 97 to 99 in overtime. Uh, we got the Hawks losing to the Kings 113 to 135. Let's break this one down here. Uh, for the uh, for the Hawks, they were led by Trey Young, their rookie guard, 23 points, eight assists. Also for John Collins had 14 points and seven rebounds. For the Kings, they were led by their their standout guard, actually bubbling star. Uh, he's a budding star, Buddy Hield. 18 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. Also, forward Marvin Bagley III had 17 points, 12 rebounds, and 12 assists. And center Harry Giles had 20 points and 17, uh, 7 rebounds. Excuse me. Uh, and finally, uh, cap off the night, uh, the Blazers were able to get it done against the Jazz, 132 to 105. I'm pretty happy. Let's move on to the standings. Uh, in the Eastern Conference, the Bucks are on top at the moment. They are 36 and 13. At two, we have the Raptors at 37 and 15. At three, we have the Sixers. They are currently at 33 and 18. And Jimmy Butler has been moved to point guard. What is going on? At four, we have the Pacers at 32 and 18. They're still solid even without Victor. Oladipo, that's kind of surprising. Hmm, they should be an interesting team going into the playoffs. At five, we have thirteen and nineteen, the Boston Celtics. At six, we have the Nets, twenty-eight and twenty-four, still above five hundred, still above water. At this, at seven, we have the Heat at twenty-four and twenty-five, and rounding out uh, the standings, we got the Hornets at twenty-four and twenty-six. In the Western Conference, we got the Warriors at thirty-six and fourteen. They are on top of everything at the moment. They've won ten in a row. DeMarcus Cousins is helping them out and. We knew it. At two, we had the Nuggets 35 and 15. At three, we had the Thunder at 32 and 18. Also, at four, we got the, the Blazers at 22 and 20. My boys are in the house. At five, we got the Rockets at 29 and 21. At six, we got the Spurs standing here at 30 and 22. So, this is all relatively close. This is all relatively close. At number seven, we got the Jazz at 29 and 23. And rounding the Western Conference out, we got the Clippers at 28 and 23. They were number one at one point in time in the conference. What the hell happened? This conference is good. Uh, we're going to wrap this up for today. Uh, we will be back. I will I will be back Saturday night. Uh, there's a few things I wanted to talk about. I did not get into that Super Bowl preview, so that will be one of them. I also wanted to get into the 2020 election. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the candidates, particularly one, Kamala Harris. 
I'm going to put my two cents in there and I'm going to talk about what I don't like about Internet politics. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, too. And um, whatever, I, you know, of course, you know, this, this is this is Thursday. Anything could pop up between now and Friday. So if anything, you know, major happens, I will be covering that, of course. And uh, it's Saturday. Yeah, we'll definitely be doing some college basketball as well. So, yeah, definitely Kamala Harris uh, Super Bowl uh, preview. And then we we're going to definitely be going over some college basketball Saturday night. All right, y'all. But for now, I'm going to call it a wrap. If anybody hasn't told you yet, I love you. Y'all take care of yourselves. Peace. One love. I'm out.